This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I have ever tried. There's so much going on in life, and there's a need for good nutrition for your body. You have to support when you give yourself good nutrition, you give your mind the same thing. And being a chiropractor and preaching and educating individuals on health on a consistent basis, I'm always looking for something that can help meet my demands and needs for my body from a nutritional standpoint so that I can continue to thrive in every aspect of my life, no matter what I do. And this is where I like Athletic Greens. It comes in, it's full spectrum nutrition, it's life-changing. They have an all-in-one superfood powder that hits your nutritional essence. It has things that I truly enjoy, like mushrooms and greens and antioxidants and other factors that I can get in, probiotics and prebiotics and so much more. It is one of the things with all the best things that they have put into this shake. So one taste of this 
Athletic Greens contains up to 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and so much more to give you that gap, right? That's why they call them supplements. So it gives you that gap to help you with that, that aspect. And for me, especially when I'm on the road, this is my go-to to truly help give me my body and everything that I need to thrive in every aspect that I can. And what's great about the product is it's, it's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on its taste. And I must say, the taste is something that I was impressed with because I've taken a lot of different green products in my life. Again, I've been doing nutrition for 21 years, and this is one product that got the taste right, even with all the good, which I was shocked to see that. And right now, what Athletic Greens is doing is they're doubling down on supporting your immune system during the these times. And what they're offering is a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash mindful and get your free year of vitamin D and five free travel packs. This show is sponsored by Empower Your Reality. Empower Your Reality is an online consciousness school that is designed to help you elevate the mind, raise your consciousness, your vibration, to attract and create the reality of what it is that you desire. On Empower, at Empower Your Reality, we have books, we have online classes. You can find the podcast here on there and other things that can help you elevate and truly learn the art and the science of creating the reality of what it is that you want to experience in your life. So for more information to check out all that we're up to and what we're doing, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. Now, back to the show. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. As each week, I have the distinct honor and pleasure to interview someone to help add uh value to your life, raise awareness, increase your consciousness, but all relate to something to the mindset and help you level up in your life in some way, shape, or form. This week, I had the distinct honor and pleasure of interviewing Aubrey Nichols. Um, we had a great conversation, mainly about self-love. We got a lot into self-love, self-awareness, how that plays a role in your life and business and every other aspect. And uh, Aubrey is an expert in this field. She was a great joy to have to talk to uh, and so much more. And I love, love, love her quote on her attention um, about to eliminate the darkness so that others may live in their light and everything that she does. And uh, I greatly appreciate that because I wrote a book called The Walk in the Dark, and it's all about understanding the darkness and, and how it helps you and magnify your light even more. And when you do that, you help others, liberate others to do the same. Now, what about Aubrey? She um, she helps with her agency and her brand clients. She unhurts insights and develops creative and impactful ideas. In her writing and speaking, she digs deeper into her heart and life experience to say what others won't. Some say she has a black belt in telling truth, and she just likes to keep it real. She's a proud Texan, but for the last 16 years, found comfort in the grid of New York City, and she recently switched coasts from the sunshine waves and acai bowls of Ocean Beach, California. 
Um, she is a daily writing for the, she writes for the week, the elite daily and the observer. And it's also helped her become a more resonant voice in her self love movement, which she believes is her ultimate love story. Um, she is working on her first memoir also that will called enough that will inspire women to reclaim their power and cultivate a loving relationships with themselves. Spreading the message of self love is her mission. Um, she has been called a dot connector, an inspirer, and a champion of creativity. And after 10 years at New York City ad agencies and earning a master's degree in organizational change, now she focuses on nurturing creative culture and process. Without no further ado, here is Aubrey Nichols. Aubrey, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Vic. I'm excited to have you on. You, I think you talk a lot about something that I think all of us can use a little bit more of, which is some more self-love. And I think it's just a critical thing because I think the more you can love yourself, the more you can love others. And so how did you get into this? What, what kind of led you towards becoming a self-love advocate and writer on this? Well, you're absolutely right on the fact that the more you love yourself, the more you can love others. Um, and, I mean, how I got into self-love is really through self-hate <laughs> and a lot of self-loathing um, from the age of age six, always having my inner mean girl or my critic whispering little nothings in my ear telling me I wasn't good enough, I could do better, I was fat, um, you know, I wasn't as popular as the other girls and that has that was a soundtrack of my life for a very long time and the, those thoughts created my emotions which created behaviors like um starving and bulimia and you know drug and alcohol addiction and you know unavailable mean guys and all of those things and finally at age 35, I had gotten a semblance of a life together, still very much driven by um, taking actions on wanting other people to believe that I was enough or in getting affirmation from the outside. And then I walked down the aisle to a man who I thought he could love me for me. I thought that I would be a, a wife and finally I would be enough. And I was wrong because three years into that marriage, I had all the things I thought I should have. I had, you know, a big loft in Soho, a, a home in the Berkshires. I, you know, all the cars drink, dripping in pink diamonds. And I was like the most miserable version of myself. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. And that was really the catalyst that marriage and that, and being so miserable that really forced me to my knees, brought me to my knees and forced me to reinvent myself from the inside out because I had enough of this self-hate and the self-loathing. And that was sort of the moment that I decided to start doing something differently. And now I'm on the path of self-love. <laughs> And we're here talking about it. And it's been five years. So. I love that. And I love how you, and I say love that in the sense of this, what in this context is that you, you went through this, this darkness. This is why I usually like, I like to call it that 
And you've taken that and you've turned it into the light where you've let that teach you and help you evolve and grow. And now, would you say that you have more freedom now than you had in the past? Let me think about it. I mean, yes, definitely more freedom. And the reason why is I'm not, I have more freedom because I feel like I have mastery over my thinking. Or I wouldn't say as mastery, but I'm close. So I'm very aware of the fact that my world is created by the thoughts that I'm thinking. So, you know, five years ago, I, I realized through practicing embodied affirmations, which is basically like jumping around, you know, exercising paired with Tony Robbins affirmations like I am brilliant I'm a creative powerhouse I am beautiful I'm powerful I am brave all of these things I was able to crowd out the old programs that were telling me that I wasn't good enough and through that experience I realized wow I have a lot of power here um more than I thought so do I have more freedom yes because I believe on most days that anything is freaking possible for me any sort of shape that I want my life to take, any success is within my grasp. I just have to believe that it's possible. And then take the inspired action that informs the universe that I am co-creating and open to making it happen. I love that. And I think that is that is freedom in a sense, right? When you know you can make a choice and then have that experience afterwards that you say, yes, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking forward to. And then you can make that happen. I think that's a lot of power. You're tapping into the, really the essence and the power of who you really are. Yeah. And I think if I were to look at it, like what are the, I actually know a hundred percent from my experience that I can create my reality. I did it for the very first time when I was going through to my divorce. I took pen to paper, pen to page journaling every morning, basically all throughout the day too. And I wrote down, wrote myself into existence. Um, I, in the present tense, I wrote affirmations, how I was going to feel that day, how I was going to behave throughout my divorce. Um, I wrote the woman I am today into existence and I believe that I can do that anytime. So, but the trick is, is like once things could get good and you're like, okay, you know, I'm not in dire straits like I was back then. Then I kind of rest on my laurels and I don't do the things that I did before. And, you know, and then, then I got stuck. I got stuck. I don't know, obviously through the pandemic, but, um, I would say like maybe six months ago, I was like, I got to start doing the work again. And the, the work for me is like, it's meditation, it's journaling, it's breath work, it's the inspired action. It's also like sitting, scheduling myself at least um, long periods of time where my butt is in the chair. I can be in my bed too. I don't care. I can be on my couch. But me, my computer, um, and just nothing else. You know, giving myself deep, deep stillness for me 
is needed for me to make all of these things happen. And, um, but also it's interesting is that in order to get all the in idea, gener the ideas generated and those, um, inspirational juices flowing, I also need like a lot of movement, which is why I'm out here in the desert. I need like different spaces, you know, riding my bike really fast, a lot of dancing, my mini trampoline. Um, but those periods of intense movement um, and activation need to be paired with deep, deep stillness so I can catch all my ideas and execute them. And um, yeah, so it's just like remembering who I am, what works for me, and honoring that and just like Nike says, just do it, babe. <laughs> I love that. I think it's really, really awesome, you know, to do that. Now, question for you is, let's say someone has a really strong inner critic and they don't have a lot of self-love. What is the journey? What's the step-by-step -step process that you can give recommendations to the listeners and so forth on how to start the journey of self-love? How does it all begin? Oh, man. Well, I think it begins differently for everybody. Um, usually there's some sort of catalyst. Um, maybe you're like listening to this podcast right now and you're wondering, hmm, do I love myself? Um, you know, the way that I could tell that I didn't love myself, because actually I didn't even know there was such a thing as self-love, is that all the things in my life hurt. My husband hurt, his love hurt. Um, I took jobs in advertising that were toxic and didn't feel good. I had friends and teachers that were not very nice to me, but I realized that they were only reflections of the way I felt about myself. Um, so it made sense that I had all of these things that were sort of masochistic in my life. And I would say if you're on this journey, just know that it's a lifelong journey. It's not an overnight fix. And it's a hundred percent about your emotional connection with yourself. So it's not about Manny's petties, um, balancing your bank account, investing, reading a lot of books, even journaling. It's really not. It's about all of those things will fall into place and be taken care of if you learn to get in touch with your emotional, your innermost emotional self and just understand the nuances of what your emotional body needs, right? It's like, and it's easy. You can ask, it's e the easy question I say is like, put my hand on my heart and I say, I love you. I am listening. And then another thing that's helpful is I can just ask myself, what is best for my emotional well-being right now? And those can be really powerful things. And I guess another thing I'll add is that it doesn't really begin, begin with self-love, Nick. It begins with self-acceptance um, and then evolves potentially into self-like. <laughs> um, and then from there that we can talk about self-love or even like self-lust or just self-worship even. And it's, and I promise you is 
potentially like self-centered as it sounds, it's not selfish. It really is like just setting the bar for how you want to be treated and how you want your life to feel and go. Self-love sets the tone and is the foundation for everything else in your life. And I mean everything. I love that. I love how you bring up, you know, awareness. I always say you have to have awareness first before you can solve a problem or make a shift in your life and anything along that nature. And so I, I, and, and, and I think it's just just a critical point. So I I appreciate that aspect of it. When it, when it comes to, you brought up, you know, talking about self-love and some things you talk about is like, you know, one of the things I know that was a struggle for me growing up was body image. Um, I grew up in a world where that was very focused and centered as a, a thing to have or be or do. And, uh, and and you always had to make sure you had a good body image. And I just was that kiddo who didn't have it as well at a young age. And um, over time, I had, I've had i learned to you know accept where I was. And, and then I realized I can control my reality. And I was able to change all that. But for people who don't, and I know that body image can play a role, especially in a society where we um, really focus on things that are, you know, we look, we take things as a look image and this is how it should be. Right. And you see it programmed through movies and, and things like that. And, in in Hollywood and, and just, you know, TV shows, you, there, there's always this certain image you can kind of see as a generality. And a lot of times we compare ourselves to that. How the, is that process to gain more acceptance to your body image and have more confidence just being in your own skin? What does that look like and how can you create more of that? So, yeah, I mean, body and also face has been, um, I mean, a challenge forever um, for me. Just my looks. The mirror has been my enemy. Um, the way I've been able to heal with my reflection um, and very much and very much still a work in progress is through mirror work. And the way there's various versions of mirror work, but one is you sit down in front of a mirror, stand in front of a mirror, and you just look directly into your eyes for two minutes. Sometimes it may be helpful to put on like some instrumental music and you just stare into your own eyes. After a minute, you want to start looking into your own eyes and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, and I promise you, you'll cry, but I promise you it'll start the healing journey. So that's, that's the first part of it. Now, the second type of mirror work is, has been super transformational for me. And what it's doing is it's rewiring your neural pathways to disconnect what you see in the mirror with your actual appearance or how you look. So what you do, take, take out your journal, pen, take out a pen, and I want you to write down for, I don't know, take a minute and write down affirmations that ha- about yourself that have nothing to do with what you look like. So for me, I would sit down and I would write, I'm a creative powerhouse. I'm so resourceful. I'm so bubbly. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm super playful, excitable. I don't know, optimistic. And then I go to the mirror and I sit down 
and I look into my own eyes and I repeat all of these things about myself that are not connected to how I look, not connected to my face, to my thighs, to my jaw structure, to my eyebrow, my eye bones, to my ass, to my stomach. And what you're doing is you will retrain your neural pathways to when you look in the mirror to think about who you are as a person and the soul and the essence of you versus the your face, your body, you know, all of those things that you and I, I think, have probably been super critical of in the past. So that has been a game changer for me. And if you try it, I promise it'll work. And then if you if it works, I want to get some DMs and I want to hear about how amazing you feel now. I think that's great. I've done, you know, mirror work is very, very critical. You know, it's good stuff to um, really do that. But I think there's also that, you were talking about neural pathways. And I think there's also just that, um, how much does belief play a role in that? Like just knowing and saying, this is me and that's it, regardless of what my inner critic says and what also the external world outside of me has told me or shaped me or may have said to me. Um, does that play also a vital role in the process? Can you rephrase the question? Yeah, no worries. So does, how much does, like when you're doing that process in the mirror work, when we're looking at more of, you know, let's say I, I do the mirror work, I'm doing the process, but deep down, I still have that belief, like, no, this is just what it is. Uh, I, I, I don't really, I'm saying this, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the exercise, but you know, how much does you have to believe in that journey and that process to make it more concrete in a reality to make that, 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 that shift? So they have this saying, and I think I'm going to get it right, but it's that you can act your way into right thinking. And, or there's another way of putting it, which is you have to do the things you want to become. So when we're trying to call something into our life or manifest, I don't know, for me, like, I really want to be more loving, right? So my coach, because we all have coaches, she tells me, well, be that love, right? You know, or if I want to call in love to my life, well, be that loving first. Um, so I think even if you don't believe it, you have to act as if, and so you're taking inspired action, and then pretty soon, your body and your nervous system and your brain will all sync up and realize that this is the new you. And then that other, and then I think those old beliefs will die. You always have to work on them, like going to the gym, right? And another tip that I would offer is that how can you crowd out those beliefs with some sort of inspired action that's actually not focused on getting rid of that belief? So, for example, my body image class obsession with the way I look in the mirror and perfectionism is all really, I believe, unchanneled creativity. And it's an avoidance of my true power. And it's trying to create or gain control when I feel out of control. So what I do is I like to write. 
or do something like channel my creativity. So when I start doing those things, I just, I forget about the body image stuff. I really do. Um, I, I, cause I feel purposeful, you know, when I'm doing the things that I'm was born here on the earth to do, and I'm leaning in and sharing my gifts, not squandering them and just looking in the mirror, focusing on why I'm not right. Um, then I have found a lot of relief in that and where it, it almost to the point where it just doesn't exist or maybe it doesn't have a place. Like when I'm leaning into my gifts, it's like my body image BS doesn't fit with that because it's such a low vibe activity. Does that make sense, Vic? That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it's one of the things where you just, you're, you're shifting, you're, you're, you know, how do I put this in words? Um, it's like, uh, you continually are, you know, trying to reprogram your brain and your values. And some people say they got to fake it till you make it. I don't like that statement, but it's more of just your, you're constantly reinforcing a new system, a new belief system, or just a system in general, a new thought process. And you keep going, going, going with it. Eventually it's going to stick and start to see it. But then you brought up a great point at the end when you said, you know, but then there's a low vibe. And when I'm giving my gift and doing that, would you say like your gift is that like, you know, focusing on what matters to you or focusing on your purpose, um, then these lower vibrational things just don't even pay attention. Like even for me, as much as I had a body image back in the day, I was worried about in today's world, I can care less about that. I mean, for me, it's more of just, I, I, I do what I do. I'll do what I love and I love working out, but that's because it's going to keep me healthy and keep me going. Cause I keep my body as like a weapon so that I always, it's like a knife. I'm always sharpening the knife. I want to make sure it's staying young and vibrant so that I can enjoy the most out of it. And that became a higher vibe focus rather than I got to have a six pack and I have to have this and I have to have that instead. It's like, no, this is my new focus of why I do what I do. Does that kind of make sense? So you're interviewing me here and this podcast is probably part of your purpose. I mean, you're so good at it, so I'm sure it is. And yeah, I, it's just the energies don't align and the body image Slash, I mean, the, the criticism around body image and appearance is fear. It's fear, and fear can't exist in the presence of love. And when I'm leaning into my purpose, that is love. And in fact, when I'm writing, yesterday I sat and I'm out here in Joshua Tree, I was supposed to be hiking, but I was like, no, I need to write. And I sat in bed for, you know, five hours. And nothing makes me feel more gorgeous than writing. It's the ultimate act of self-love for me. Because I'm, I'm honoring my God-given gifts and my code. And I'm tending to that emotional self. And... For someone who's suffered from eating disorders and exercise, over-exercising, I have worked out and eaten enough heads of lettuce for the rest of my life. 
Like, I, I'm fine. That box is checked. I need to be a little lazy and be more heart-centered and be touching people with my words. That's what I'm supposed to do here. And I believe that when I take that inspired action, that the rest of the, the barriers of the, those self-hating beliefs will really just hopefully go away for good. <laughs> Off with you, right? <laughs> totally. Is it, would you call that, you know, when you're feeding your soul, in other words, then that is the, it, it starts to eradicate and dismiss that the, those low, the lower vibe stuff and the lower things that you were kind of mentioning? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So since you love writing so much, how, what is your process that you do to get into a creative writing process? Um, and, and, and if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, no. So I, I usually am good. I usually wake up, I'm good to sit down usually two to three hours after I um, wake up and I, I need to like settle, like I need to have coffee. I need to, I like to tidy things and think about a lot of ideas. And then I just like to sit down and do it. And I like to have a heating pad with me. It's really good if I do some breath work before, um, to really get centered sort of in my root chakra um, just having that oxygenate my brain, have my heart open. Um, yeah, that's that's really my process. And, I mean, it depends what I'm writing. So, lately, which I've been really lucky and excited and freaking grateful, I've been writing some articles for the New York Times, um, which are more reporting and journalistic in nature. So, it's not as much as, like, my heart's not driving that machine, but still I need to be really connected to the people that I'm writing about. So I'll put on like beautiful and anthemic sort of legends of the fall type piano music. And I put on my earphones and I just really just zone out, but zone in. And um, that's, that's my process. And then after I get a draft of something, I will go on a bike ride, I'll go work out, I'll go for a drive, definitely move my body in some form or fashion, and then I'll, def I'll have some other ideas that will fall out of that. But until I get a first draft, I'm very freaking irritable. <laughs> like, I can't think about anything I don't feel very present um so and the reason I'm saying that is because I'm about to sit down and work on a draft of something I'm actually really excited about and I want to get it done as soon as possible the and know that it's going to be an ugly first draft and that's totally okay but I don't want to make hurt myself and, and draw, I don't want to drag it out all weekend. You know what I'm saying? No, I totally get that. Um, 
Yeah, we get it, it, it happens sometimes. I get frustrated in writing when I'm writing my books. It's one of the things where when I get the writer's block. Um, do you ever get that where you just you just you're trying to create and you just get that hit? You just get stuck and you're like, how do I break out of this? What are the things I you know what 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 are what are some tips and tricks that you do to if if any to get out of that process or that stuck process? Yeah, I get stuck. The couple of reasons I get stuck is. I need to move my body, too much sitting, too much stillness, too much sameness. Um, I need to be with friends, like I need to have some fun, like working too much doesn't work for me. Also, if I'm being too serious, if I'm approaching it with like a scowl on my face versus like, um, you know, versus like being sort of playful and fun. Um, and also sometimes I just have too many inputs and I, I, sometimes I have too many inputs or sometimes I have not enough inputs. Like if I am stuck, it's like, yeah, I need to digest what's already in my brain. So just take a brain dump with my finger, like either writing stuff out or, um, typing it out or I need to read more or watch documentaries or like watch some TV. It's not, I don't watch a lot of TV, but it can be really helpful for me. Um, yeah. So either like too many inputs or not enough inputs and, you know, need to be around people or friends and have some fun or probably just need to go jam out and move my body. Those are, those are the ways that I get unstuck. I love that. You know, it's, and to me, it's, for me, it's just a disconnect where I have to get disconnect and uh, just totally get away from it for a little bit. And I love how you said jam out or something. Sometimes it's for me, it's a workout. Sometimes it's uh, just putting things aside. And sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'm just done for today. And it just depends on what's going on. Yeah. Like I I just need to hang out with, I'm going to hang out with my wife and my dog and just do some fun things there and totally forget about it and just come back next day or whatever my, my time is scheduled for and just do it that way. Exactly. I think, I think deep relaxation for me is really helpful. Like always getting into a bath. Um, I operate when I'm best, when I'm deeply relaxed and I have like amazing ideas that happen in the morning, like right as I'm waking up. So, yeah, just, I mean, I think it is, is again, it's just like self-love, like knowing what your innermost self is, is, you know, being a creative or an, like an artist is all about understanding your process, not freaking judging it and just working with it. But the most important part is the discipline of sitting down and knowing that there's going to be a lot of crap that comes out. And if, and in that, there's going to be some amazingness. But it's just willing down, willing to sit down and write all of it. I love that. How can self love play a huge role as an entrepreneur? Because some of the listeners I have that listen are entrepreneurs, and uh, you know, sometimes we get as an entrepreneur, sometimes we get stuck in thinking, well, just business. We got to focus business. Got to focus here, here, here. And I know in my coaching and what I do, it's I'm like, forget the business, forget that. Let's get to you because that's going to affect everything in your life. How does self-love play a role for a business owner and an entrepreneur to level up and experience more freedom and love in their life? When you're doing the internal work and in the 
personal work, it's just going to have a halo effect on all your business. I mean, just like you want to be friends with people who are happy and high vibe and positive and just got that really good energy, like getting business and deals and projects, that's the same way. It's all about relationships. People want to work with people they like. Um, and there's an energy that as an entrepreneur, I, for myself, I've been on my own for what now 12 years is that, I mean, I put that out into the meeting, you know, that, you know, let's work together. Let's do it. This is going to be fun. Um, and it's, so you've got to be able to, I don't think you've got to be able to, but I think self-love is, it's maybe even more important for entrepreneurs, honestly, because we're the type that are usually always on, always working, you know, we're running the show, we're getting the new business, doing the business, hiring the people, um, boundaries are such a crucial part of self-love and entrepreneurs historically including myself, have a hard time setting boundaries and um, putting like limits on, you know, when to shut it down, when to rest, you know, burnout is prevalent. So, you know, I I think self-love is maybe arguably more important for for entrepreneurs. And the trick is with self-love, it's different than self-care, again, because it's all about the emotional component. But the payoff is so freaking great because you'll just level up every, everything in your life will level up to meet the way that you're feeling about yourself. And it just, it feels good. It feels good to love yourself. It feels good to be your own best friend and your champion to get your own back. And that is attractive and you will magnetize people that feel that same way about themselves and that like, frankly, aren't assholes. I mean, it's in, in life is going to just feel softer and better and yummier and like, and more loving and positive. And who doesn't want that? Couldn't agree more with you there. I think, I think it is one of the things as entrepreneurs, um, it is that, that focusing more on ourselves is going to magnify uh, every aspect of our life, especially in business, because if you take more self-love, more self-care, you raise your vibe, you vibe at a different level. And when you're doing that, well, that's going to, that's going to show in anything you do in business and so forth and energy when you're vibing high, that's, that's contagious and people want to be around that and become a magnet to it. And so it really helps to, um, really level up in business in many different ways. And just my own opinion, my own experiences too, um, with that. So I totally agree with what you're sharing there. Now, I do have one um, last question here. Um, what is something that you, let's say you were leaving, let's say you're going on a spaceship and never coming back to Earth. Let's just put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. What would be a message of, uh, that you would want to leave humanity to share with them that you think is the most vital thing that they can, out of all the things that you would recommend, what is that one thing that you would want to share with them to make sure they got? It's to just be yourself. 
and to be really okay with being that. And I would also hope that I would have superpowers that would allow me to make that come true. I would, right, Nick? Totally. Who would who who wouldn't want uh, superpowers? I know. I want to. I would. I would want to give them that knowledge, but I would also want to have the power to bestow that wish that that wish would come true to give them the fortitude and strength to for people to be themselves and just not stop with the judgment and comparison and trying to be someone else. That is what that is what I would wish. And that would be my message. I love that. I think that's really cool. I think that uh, that's a very powerful message to leave. And so how can people connect with you, follow you, see what you're up to and all that good stuff? Amazing. So I am on Instagram. That's probably your super Walmart one-stop shop to find me. It's A-U-B-R-E-E dot Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S. And I'm recently on Clubhouse, which is so much fun. So you can find me there. It's, uh, again, Aubrey Nichols. And, yeah, I mean, if you are, if you are, find me on Instagram, DM me, and let me know what you thought of this episode, if you've tried any of the tips or tricks. And, um, yeah, I would just love to be connected with your audience and stay connected with you, Vic. This has been such an honor. So, so much fun. Well, thank you for being a part of it. It was a lot of fun. And just to, you know, l- learn some things that you've gone through and tips and tricks on self-love and how to level up on that level and create awareness and uh, so much more. So thank you. Keep shining your light. And uh, as you have as one of your, your quotes here is, you know, your intention to illuminate the darkness. Uh, you know, I think you're definitely helping in that process. So uh, thanks for all that you do. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.